The Auburn Tigers do exactly what they're supposed to do. They beat Penn by 20. 88-268. Really, I, I love Janai Broom shooting it from deep early. I love Auburn being able to shoot it from deep in the first half. Ten threes in the first half, I think it was, Daryl, which is incredible. You take that every single time. But, I mean, all in all, this is kind of Auburn just lining up and beating Penn, and I think that's okay. Yeah, but they had to do it, I think, a different way than probably Bruce Pearl schemed it and how their coaching staff thought they were going to credit Penn early on for defensively taking away anything inside. You look at this game on paper, and you look at the matchups, and you think, okay, what Auburn did to Chattanooga Saturday, they're going to be able to do to Penn. They're going to have a decided advantage inside. They're more athletic than Penn. And yet Penn took that away. So what's Auburn do? Adjust. And Penn gave Auburn, they said, you're going to beat us hitting threes. So Auburn hits 10. Well, the second half, Auburn hits two, I think, maybe three. And they go more inside. Uh, they, more, they go more transition in half court. And end up winning by 20 and you know they won they were winning by 19 at the half. So they adjusted. I love that aspect of this team whether it's the five they have on the floor or the style of play, they can beat you a variety of ways. And Penn, we talked about it Zach, uh you know, last, when we talked about kind of preview in this game, yeah. this is a team Penn without their leading score. We'll, we'll have to go ahead and say that the dude averages 17 a game. But Penn likes to slow it down and get into the shot clock. When they were behind 10-0, they couldn't they couldn't do that. They had to take quicker shots, and I think they kind of went right into Auburn style. Yeah, and there was a moment there when, uh, when it felt like Penn was pressing a little bit late in the second half, but then they actually kind of mellowed out a little bit to start the second uh, to start the second half. And so good for them for for sticking with it. But yeah, Daryl, I think you're right. I think the depth of this team wore pinned down over the course of it. It's almost like they pushed all their chips into the table with the first 10 minutes of the second half. It's like, we're going to come out, we're going to do everything. And it's like, they did it. They went on their run. And then Auburn's like, oh, y'all are like tired and stuff. And like, I haven't played in six minutes. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And, and you could just tell like the depth really got to them. It's very demoralizing when you come out and expend that much energy to cut the lead to nine, yeah. like Penn did and hit some, hit some wild shots and was feeling it. And then Auburn puts that second wave in you blink literally. And in two minutes, you're down 18 again. That's right. That kills you. That takes your soul when that happens. And that's what Auburn's able to do with these little mini spurts by just putting out another five, putting out the second wave. And Chad Baker-Mazzara, I mean, really spurred that and really had a good game, and I think we're seeing him really come alive and mature in front yeah. of our eyes. But it is. It, it, it's it's very tough for any basketball team to overcome uh, that kind of emotional roller coaster that Auburn put Penn through. No question about it, man. And I love that different guys stepped up at different points. Early it was Janai Broom, and then you mentioned it was Chad Baker-Mazzara. And then, you know, Jalen Williams had his spurt there for a little bit. Katie Johnson had his moments, including an incredible um, layup where, where he, like, contorted his body in the air and went under the basket. But all of these different guys stepping up at different moments. And, and that's got to be what this team is. They talked about it on the TV broadcast. 
where uh, they were quoting Bruce Pearl and said it's good and bad. There's no drop off from the starters to, you know, that second wave that we've labeled it. And he's like, the bad news is there's no drop off from the starters to that second wave. And that is true right now. I don't think Auburn has those one or two dudes that can take over a game consistently. I think we've seen Jalen Williams have his moments. I think we've seen Aiden have his moments. Janai, you could probably put in that category by himself. I think after that uh, is kind of, okay, you can see Denver Jones get hot from time to time. You can see KD get hot from time to time. Trey's going to have his games. But as far as a dude you can rely on consistently, that's just that I think that's the weakness of this team right now. And fortunately, somebody's always been able to step up. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I saw that I really was encouraged by that normally could be things you should be concerned about. You know, you win a game by 20 and Aiden Holloway has three points, but he had six assists. Mm -hmm. I, I'm seeing Denver Jones coming to life a little bit and starting to round out and shape into what we thought he was going to be when he transferred from Florida International. Had 12 points. A lot, you know, I think all that came in the first half. Hit some big threes, drove to the basket. If he starts getting comfortable in this offense and starts hitting shots like that, it's going to be very, very tough to beat Auburn. I'm just being honest because I don't, Holloway's not going to have three. He just had one of those nights and, you know, Donaldson only had six. So you get nine points out of the point guard position, which Auburn has been getting more from earlier in the year. Despite that, they win 20. And then I think, again, we've talked about the connectivity of this team and the closeness. I saw something early on in the first half that really got me excited about the, the trajectory of this team. Janai okay. Broom and Chris Moore went after a loose ball, and they, they tied it up and got the jump ball and the arrow to go to Auburn, and they got off the floor and celebrated together like they had just hit a buzzer beater or they dunked on somebody just because they scrapped after a loose ball. That was the enthusiasm, and it wasn't a single celebration. They celebrated and fed off each other. That's the kind of thing you need to win championships in high-level basketball. I, you can tell they celebrate the little things because they enjoy competing with one another so much. And, and so I, I 100% agree with you. I think that's a great trait. And really, I think there are some similarities between this team and that 2019 team that gelled so, so well. Um, but so Auburn is now, they're, they're 10 and 2. Is that right? They're 10 and 11 two. and 11, 11 and 2. 11 and 2 going in the conference yep. play. And I think we feel okay with that. We asked ourselves that question a few weeks ago. And it's like Auburn should win out after that loss to App State. Like they should win out, especially after they shellacked uh, Indiana in that holiday hoops giving game. I still hate the fact that. Auburn lost to the two best teams that they played in their non-conference. You and I have gone back and forth over that a little bit, like Indiana versus App State. But I, to me, when we kind of pause and turn around and look back at what they've done so far and the resume that they're starting to build, that's really the main thing I'm looking at is like, okay, like they've beaten and really handled all of the teams they're supposed to. I mean, it seems like every game that they've played for the last month or two, uh, really since losing to App State, has any of – None of them have been close. No, no and I think Indiana's a bit, and I think Indiana and USC are a better basketball team than App State. I just think App State was very fortunate to catch Auburn at a really, really opportune time and in Boone. You play USC in LA, or, right? Like I, I think yeah, playing, put I think them on a neutral USC. floor 
is what I'm saying. Those three teams on a neutral floor, Indiana and USC, are above App State. So it does matter. You're right. That's going into happened, App State. That's not, that's, right. uh, Indiana was neutral, kind of. But like yeah. going going to App State is is tougher than hosting USC. Like True, but I thought that, you said right? the better team. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the better team was App State than some of those that we faced on our schedule. Yeah, I think USC is more talented. I think App State is probably a better team, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All in all, since then, I mean, Auburn hasn't played a close game, which is great because there's they've been significantly better than all the teams they've played. What happens now when the level of competition goes back up? And we'll see that on Saturday when uh when they play Arkansas in Fayetteville, a very, very tough place to play. Good point. Because have we seen Auburn win a close game? I don't think we have. I don't think a squeaker. What's the, clo- what's the closest game that we've won? Um, was it no, not St. Bonaventure or Notre Dame? I think they pulled away on both of them in the second half. Same with Virginia Tech, pulled away in the second half. So I mean, has Auburn? None of, none of these have been, dude. The closest they, contest was Baylor, eighty-eight to eighty-two, and we obviously lost that one. Yeah, so Auburn obviously has not won a close game. They have not won a game in single digits, if I'm correct. I don't see one. No, I so that's going to be something that they're going to have to grow and they're going to have to experience live chat. Yes. Does that matter? I, I think yeah. it does too. I'd be curious to see other people's thoughts on that, but like, that's not like, what do you, you want Auburn to not play as well, right? Like, so no, I, mean, I, I, I think if we're picking, <laughs> I think that's great. If that's what we're picking to choose to say, they got to clean up, right? There's a lot of things I'd, I'd rather not clean up than say, haven't won a close game because they've beat everybody's eyes out. I, I'll take that all day long. Yeah, totally. Um, but you 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 schedule your non-conference a certain way because you want to develop your team and teach your team. And, and Bruce Pearl's been so good about this is you use the non-conference to prepare yourself. And I don't think that there are certain things that Auburn is prepared for based off of this non-conference so far. And we really kind of touted the fact that we're playing so many Power 5 schools in the non-conference, which we did, which is great, but like, Notre Dame's not very good. Uh, we thought we were going to play Oklahoma State, and we didn't. We ended up playing St. Bonaventure. Indiana's, I think, fine. You're higher on Indiana than I am. USC, for some reason, isn't good. So, I don't know. Like, I don't think Auburn has played a team in the same tier of Arkansas, the same tier of Texas A&M, LSU, and Vandy. Like, would you put Indiana around that tier of basketball? I think these teams are better than Indiana. Traditionally, Arkansas is. I don't know if we take it in a vacuum of how they've played this year. Arkansas struggled. In, in, in Fayetteville. Different. I think that, or you're you right. Know. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Virginia Tech, another Power 5 school, too, that, that that Auburn played. And the Oklahoma State argument's a good one. Auburn thought they were going to play, and then they end up playing a group of five. But what, what Bruce Pearl has done in this non-conference schedule that is a positive, he's played a lot of different teams with a lot of different styles at a lot of different venues. He's gone on the road. A lot of teams, Zach, and a lot of coaches would never schedule a Sunbelt team in their building. They wouldn't do it. Auburn's at a level of basketball where really you shouldn't play that game, and they did. So there's a method to that madness for why he did it. He played a lot of neutral site games, which was big. Auburn was away from home for a little bit of a a little while there. Um, Playing Baylor, you know, uh, who opens the season against freaking Baylor? He did, and I think he grew from it. So there is there is some things to be gained from that that I think they'll take in a conference play, but your point is a good one that have we played 
has Auburn played a team at the level of an Arkansas or a Texas A&M? Uh, it remains to be seen. You really won't know that until these conference schedules for the Big Ten and ACC start playing themselves out. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're 11-2, and two, probably should be 12-1. and one. Could make the argument with a couple of breaks, they could be 13 and 0, you know, going into and so but but I think Auburn's 11 and 2 is a lot more telling or a lot more solid or a lot more authentic than let's say Ole Miss is 13 and 0, which is fool's gold. Maybe, right? I, I think I agree with you, but and yeah. we're gonna learn so much about a lot of these SEC teams in the first week, Auburn included. So we'll um We'll see on that. All right, drop in the live chat your um, your players of the game. I think there's a few that you could say, but probably Janai Broom for me. But we'll uh, we'll discuss that in just a moment right here on the special live edition of Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Daryl, you love FanDuel. I love FanDuel. Everybody loves FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book for a reason and right now new customers can get 150 bucks back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's all you've got to do that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose the app is easy to use the website is even easier to use and you can bet live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explore tab you can make a parlay in the parlay hub the best way to find popular parlays and a ton more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet, a layup. FanDuel's the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Daryl, to me, it's Janai Broom tonight. I think he set the tone early. I still don't love him making threes but or shooting threes. I love it when he makes the threes, but I don't like how many threes he's shot this year. And then when he makes his first two, it's like, okay, that's great. Stop it. Stop. Stop shooting threes. But, you know, uh, when you make your first two, I I don't blame him. He went three for four. So it's like you can't can't fault that too much. Interesting strategy that uh, Penn's coach, they they put a kid on broom early in the game named Nick Spinoso, and he packed it in. Spinoso was not athletic enough to check broom. If broom posted him up, he was too quick. Broom went by him. So Spinoso hung around in the lane a little bit. You know, Spinoza is your guy to cook sausage and peppers at my family reunion, but to guard Janai Broom out there, mismatch. And so he had to stay back around the rim and just kind of hope that Broom, you know, would stay outside. And then when Broom started putting it on the floor and did that little spin move, it was over. Got a few folks saying saying Katie Johnson. Got a few folks saying Chad Baker – Mazzara. I think I think Chad Baker Mazzara was the he was my player of the game. I'm shocked how many people are saying KD. Yeah, KD was solid. I think KD was exactly what you need KD to be this year. I think people look a lot of times at at certain junctures of the game and flow and how he turns the tide when he's in the game with his energy infectious and so they they equate that with importance of player of the game. But I think Chad Baker Mazzara did the same thing and actually scored more. And again, I keep saying this. He's not afraid. Yeah. And he's not afraid to shoot the mid range, the elbow jumper, the floater. He just, you know, he does that. And it's, it's just that shots given to him and he takes it. And then he also hit a big three. He hit a big three. I think to cut it back to like 14 when they were going on that little run. So that was big. That was a tide turner. 
Yeah, to everybody watching or listening, find someone who loves you as much as Daryl loves 10-foot jumpers. I love them. It's a lost art, my friend. It's a lost art. And it'll win, it'll win yeah. Auburn some games. You wait and see. I get it. I get it. All right, let's look at Auburn's next five games. What do we think Auburn's record will be in the first five games of SEC play? We did this exercise last time. Let's see if it changes at all. Folks in live chat, what do you think Auburn's record is over this, this next five-game stretch? You go to Arkansas. You host Texas A&M. You host LSU. You go to Vanderbilt. And you host Ole Miss. I think four and one. I think that's what I said last time. I think it's what you said last time as well. Well, we, we went said, we went six games last time, and then our good friend two. said seven and zero. Oh. That's well, right. We, <laughs> so we went six games, and, and we went. I went five and one. So yes, with five games, I'll say what was four it, and one. Egan was that his name? Egan. Yeah, he Egan. said, and he also was pulled from Michigan. Remember, he Ernest, was really there. It is Ernest. Ernest seven and zero over the next seven and five oh. games. Let's go, Ernest. Yeah. Let's, Let's go, go, Ernest. Yes, we knew he was out there. So oh, yeah, uh, he was. If Ernest says seven and zero oh in the first five, I'm I'm riding with Ernest. I'm riding with er, what Ernest is selling. I will. Uh, yeah, I'll do whatever Ernest wants. If if uh, if Auburn goes seven and zero oh over the next five games, I'm 100 percent down with that. I'm but I think four and one, and I'm not going to panic if Auburn goes to Fayetteville Saturday and gets beat. I'm just. I not. think that's the one they're going to lose. I feel good about the other four. I yeah. think Auburn loses on Saturday. People just need to pump the brakes if that happens. Don't panic. It's Arkansas Super Bowl. Musselman will take off his shirt. Little five foot two leprechaun that he is. He'll twirl his shirt around. Just relax. Auburn's fine. And is gonna have don't let that think it's gonna dictate the season if that happens. Now, do I think Auburn can go on the road and beat Fayetteville? I absolutely yes. do. Yes, they can. Yep. They can. Um, but if you go four and one, you take it. You absolutely yep. take it. You do. And uh, especially, you, know, you kind of hope Ole Miss keeps winning, right? Like, you kind of hope they keep winning, and then you get to beat them. I think that would be awesome. Oh, I don't know yeah. if it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, are they going to go four games until they, they drop uh -uh. A, drop one? I, I don't think so, but you're kind of rooting for it, right? I think opti yeah. from an optic standpoint, it would look good. It, it would be sweet on a lot of different levels. Remember who's playing for Ole Miss with Flanagan, them coming into Neville Arena? I'm not a Chris Beard fan. Um, I, you know, I just, I just, I, I, I don't like Ole Miss. I don't like anything yeah, about him. So I don't either. So, yeah. So that, yeah, that would be sweet. That would be very sweet to get that uh -huh. W. Yeah. Ernest, don't be saying that a loss to Arkansas is okay. It's not a horrible L. Ernest, you have us going seven and over the next five games. You can't say that. We need that. We need that consistency, yeah. Ernest. All right, final takeaways from, from tonight. For me, it's just Auburn has continued since the App State loss. They have done what they've needed to do, and that's involved just playing way better than their competition because they are way better than this competition. And look, the first the first 10 minutes of the broadcast, you could tell how they wanted the game to go. They wanted it to be close so they could hype up all you know this upset culture that has happened throughout college basketball over the last week to 10 days. And Auburn hasn't fallen victim to that. And I, I think that's valuable. I think that's crucial as this team continues to appear to be better and better on a game-by-game -game basis as they head into conference play. So that's that's my takeaway. Auburn has shown up, done what they were supposed to do in every single game since the loss to App State.
They have not played down to the level of their opponent, which I love. They have worried about Auburn and the level of expectations. They're just like, let's just go out and play our high level of basketball, not worry who the opponent is. And the other thing they've done is not play to the scoreboard. Doesn't matter what the score is. Seems like the effort and energy. And they've answered little mini runs too with their depth in that second wave. And I think those are all very, very, very common threads through this 11-2 and non-conference schedule. The depth, I don't think, is going – I mean, obviously you want depth, but I think Auburn's depth versus, you know, Penn and Chattanooga and Alabama State and UNC Asheville, like that's been huge. I don't think you're going to see it play as big of a difference now once conference play is here. So I, I I'm going to push back on that. On. I'll push back on that a little bit, and here's why. Okay. You've seen Bruce Pearl do this in years past where in non-conference games, he's gone 11 deep. And then once the conference season starts, he puckers up a little bit and plays eight guys. I think other coaches in the conference are going to be that way. So you're going to have to pick your – because he because he's not. He's going to play 10 this year. The, that, 10 dudes are going to play even in the conference. So if you're a team that goes eight or nine deep, are you willing to run out? 10 guys to match that with Auburn and have Auburn have that advantage? Or are you going to go ahead and say, no, I'm going to stick with seven or eight, and then they get fatigued in Auburn's? You're going to have to pick your poison. I think it will be an advantage because I think most teams in the conference will play eight dudes and won't go to 10, and that will be a decided advantage with Auburn one way or the other. Either fatigue factor or my second five is better than your second five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Auburn's second five – is going to be better than most teams, if not all the teams that they play. It's just, it's going to be the goal of the other team to make that equation not relevant and not matter. And so yeah. is it going to be Auburn's second five versus, you know, their sixth, seventh, and eighth best guy, and then their first and second guy who hasn't come off the floor in 15 minutes? That uh, That's what it's going to come down to. And I think especially... I'm curious to see how Dylan Cardwell does. We've talked every show. It seems like how much better Dylan Cardwell looks. I do want to see what it looks like in conference play against SEC bigs. We'll see. But I think the guard play is going to be huge from a depth standpoint. I think that's going to be where the mismatch is because sometimes I actually think Trey is better than Aiden. And it depends on the game. It depends on the night. But the fact that that's even a conversation is huge and a huge testament to Trey Donaldson. And KD has played better this year 100%. and has given has given some big threes. It's gone to the basket. He's not as out of control this year, it seems like, as he He's was last year. He's a more mature player. We talked about he that. Is. Uh, we talked about that the other so, night. So Auburn can throw four guards at you, and I don't know how many teams in the conference have that kind of backcourt depth. I really don't. And then you throw Chad Baker, Mazzara coming in off the bench mm -hmm. at the three position when really. You know, Chris Moore starts, but he doesn't get the minutes of, of a Chad Baker Mazzara or, you know, even Chaney Johnson plays some of those minutes. And, and that's another guy I think is going to have to step up in conference play. Going to have to see more from him spelling Jalen Williams, especially if foul trouble becomes a factor. And Auburn has been prone to that, right? I mean, you look, you yeah. blinked, looked up at the screen tonight and it was 5 0 fouls in the second half because Pat Adams loves Pat Adams. So, that, if that happens in the conference, you're going to have to get some depth scoring from getting guys in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, 
earlier in the live chat, a lot of people were talking about you dunking on a Nerf hoop. Did you get a Nerf uh, hoop for Christmas? What's up with I that? I didn't. I didn't remember. Okay. We talked about that uh, in a previous broadcast about how mm -hmm. Chad Baker Mazzara looked like I used to do in my room when I was a I teenager. And people wanted me to get one for Christmas or my birthday, and Santa didn't bring it. Nobody stepped up, huh? If somebody wants no. to step up, reach out to us. We'll make it happen. Yeah, that'd we'll be sweet. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. This is great. This is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Daryl and I will be uh, live after Auburn hopefully beats Arkansas. Win or lose, we will be here live. Uh, Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me on X, DAP6410, with you on Friday mornings, the show drops, and then, of course, after live basketball postcasts. I love that. Yes, yes. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com, and be sure to check out tomorrow's edition of Locked on Auburn. We'll see you then. This has been Locked on Auburn.